Hello? I am also recording. Hello. <laughs> it worked. It's our Christmas spectacular. Are you all right? Are you all right? You didn't die? No dying. No dying. No dying cool. today, at least. That's good. I mean, we all die one day. Yeah, but there's too much to do. Hopefully, it's not soon. How about that for a Christmas spirit? I feel like my audio was a lot better last week. Agree. You disagree, Kai? Um, no, I'm just trying to figure out if I have an opinion on that. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think you have an opinion Searching on that? for opinion. <laughs> Slow database. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, what did I deserve that uh, for? <laughs> see, the, these are the jokes that my simple mind needs to make to keep itself entertained. With no Twitter. <laughs> oh, are you off Twitter? Uh, yes. Hopefully till the new year. Um, you know you're under control there, right? Yes, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> People don't know. Um, yeah, hopefully till the new year. Um, maybe till I go back to work, which is the 7th. So, we'll see. I don't know. I figure it's a good time. Like, Because I always say that, well, the reason I'm not off Twitter more is because... There's kind of important stuff on there sometimes, and I feel like I get value. But I guess over the Christmas period, it's probably the time of year where there's the least amount of important tech stuff going on. So if I want to take a serious break, it's a good time of year. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I'm just always surprised. I feel like you always take those breaks during very weird times, because like when you're at work, you... No offense, but you should be working. That is true. <laughs> it is a little bit strange that you... Have so much, like now you have the perfect time. You have so much free time. And like, that's when I tend to read more. But Sarah, because like I have more time to actually read. So I'm also on the bus an hour a day when I'm going to work. Oh, to like an hour each way when I'm oh, going to work. So that's it's true. like. Can you read on the bus? Yeah, you can read Twitter on the bus. Oh, so okay. it's like, that can't that's, do that. a, that's a really good time to catch up on Twitter because I wouldn't be doing anything productive anyway. Whereas with like the holiday time, it's like, well, I could be spending it with people as opposed to scrolling through Twitter. But on the bus, there's literally nothing else that I could be doing, especially if I don't get a seat. I can't pull out my laptop. So I might as well do be you listen to lap- uh, Don't you listen to podcasts? Sometimes. I've cut down on podcasts a little bit again. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're kind of ping-ponging between podcasts and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, oh, I'm not listening to podcasts, so let's read a lot of Twitter. I stopped Twitter, so I'm back to podcasts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be a thing. I, see, I don't know. I see a um, pattern emer- emerging there. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I, I'd like, like, I mean, that's the thing. So I'd like to get off Twitter completely, but that's not practical. I know that. Um, and that's okay. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have to say, like, the exception to the Twitter break thing is I am, I do log in once a day to check DMs, which I don't have notifications on for. Um, but I, I kind of see that as a bit of a different thing. Like, that's more messaging, and I'm not taking a break from messaging. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. not responding to iMessages. So I, yeah, I see that slightly differently. I don't know. Some people might think that's cheating. Um, do you have a lot of people that DM you instead of? Sending you iMessages? There's a few a week. If if it's frequent, I will say, hey, can you 
I'm on a Twitter break. Like I've done this on the on the past few breaks. Like if there's a back and forth got happening, it's like, hey, do you mind just pinging me on iMessage mm-hmm. instead? Uh, if it's mm-hmm. like one or two messages to respond to that I'm not going to have to start a conversation with, it's not worth the overhead of it's just a know. casual fan mail. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I saw this pop up of an app that was deleting something on Kai's back, and I was a bit concerned because, like, I haven't seen many apps that just suddenly delete stuff. Uh, the reason why I was drawn to this is because the name of this Lingon, like Lingon X, so it's like a Swedish, it's a Swedish berry. I guess. It's, I think you pronounce it ten. <laughs> Whoa! Is it actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry, I was just distracted. What is this app, Kai? Um, I mean, I didn't really plan to talk about it. Um, it's pretty good. Um, you know how you... Sounds a bit like Dropbox. <laughs> no. <laughs> because it deletes your stuff randomly? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not at all. Uh, you know how a whole bunch of apps, when you install them, especially when you're not having like a nice DMG with an .app file inside of it that you just drag into your application folder, but instead it's like this stupid uh, installer type uh, thing. And they usually throw a whole bunch of things into your uh, launch daemon folder and those kind of things and just want to do random stuff as soon as your computer starts. And I always think that's quite annoying. And there are multiple places on a Mac where you can put something for it to automatically start when your Mac starts. Um, so that is uh, in your in your user uh, folder for the launch daemons. It's in your uh, in the everyone. So for all users, um, and then you have the login items and system preferences. Then you have the login items, applications, and those kind of things. So um, uh, Lingon Ten is just a small app that shows you all the things that try to uh, launch when your computer starts. And it's quite an easy way of getting an overview what what tries to to run. For example, TeamViewer. Uh, when you have TeamViewer installed, it always wants to start its uh, TeamViewer agent thing. But I don't need that. I I know when I want to start TeamViewer. I never want to have it running just in the background. So I just turn it off there. And it's just um, sending you notifications. So if you have have that installed and you're running it, uh, it just shows you notifications whenever anyone any application writes into that directory or is being removed from that directory. So now I just got a notification. Library launch daemon com.rogamiba.aceagent.plist was removed from the uh, launch agents uh, because we updated um, Audio Hijack before the recording. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Not risky at all. Nope. Uh, bleeding edge. If, if we don't publish this week, that's why. <laughs> no, software updates are out because the previous version is broken, right? Oh, so. of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, if anything, we dodged a bullet here. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We're going to sound so much better this week. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Lingon 10, um, pretty decent small thing. I think you can buy it. I do think they, um, for, yep, 21 Canadian dollars, you can buy a normal single user license. It's it's actually Lingon 10.6. Um, Are you so sure in- it's not X? Maybe it's Lingon ten uh, Lingon X six. Either way, the name is a bit weird. Um, the icon is basically just a uh, red marble, but the functionality is pretty nice, and I just like being able to see um, what kind of things try to to launch when my Mac launches. Speaking of things that launch when your Mac uh, starts, is that the segue you wanted me to make, Zach? Smooth. Yeah, I know. We're getting good um, at this. Woo. <laughs> 
Um, I have a small uh, Dropbox uh, update, and before both of you hang up on me, uh, I, I keep it super, super short. Um, so, uh, back in the days... Are we leaving Dropbox in 2018? Um, I mean, I did. Cool. All right. But, That's all we need to know. Um, but uh, if, if you guys remember a, a bunch of episodes ago, a while ago, I talked about that Dropbox um, basically parses all FS events on the Mac. So even if you make larger file changes outside of the Dropbox folder, the Dropbox, Dropbox agent on your Mac will just uh, basically process all of those events and uh, therefore use a lot of CPU on, on your computer. And uh, Dropbox released uh, a new version quite recently. So last time I checked, I think it was version 58. And now they were at 63. And I thought, hey, this might be a good time to test if anything improved because they made a whole bunch of changes, uh, performance-related changes that they mentioned in the, in the release notes um, related to CPU performance, especially with um, Selective and SmartSync. So I thought I'd test it again. Still the same behavior. No improvement. So Dropbox is still evil. Aww. So you're staying off Dropbox? Still off Dropbox, yep. Mm-hmm. Dropbox like a drug you've got to avoid. Wait, where's the segue going? It's not Dropbox a segue. Like a dr- oh. no, it's a terrible it was joke. just a weird thing you said. Yes. <laughs> no, because you're talking about it like you've got to give it up. Yeah, and you're also talking about it like you really want to use Dropbox. I feel like <laughs> you have sort of found another solution now. Look, I wanted to keep this short. I guess now I can't. Um, so oh no, I have to extend this topic that I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. So I was I was working on a project uh, just on my Mac, and as I always do, I have all my projects in a CloudSync folder, right? So As one normal person would do. Yeah. I, I, Not if there's any Git repos in there. Um... It is a Git repo that one lays no. in currently in a pCloud sync folder. Uh, so far, so good. Everything is nice. Um, everything syncs automatically. Uh, I have revisions both through pCloud and all my multiple cloud backups I run on my Mac. And, and I also use Git on top. Everything is amazing. Apart from that uh, two days ago, I think it was, uh, pCloud twice just trashed first my Xcode project file where it just somehow try to merge a conflict that I seem to have only had locally. I don't know what happened there. Something must have delayed the sync and therefore um, caused a conflict and tried to resolve that conflict incorrectly and therefore my Xcode project file was broken. Uh, Minutes later, it it corrupted my storyboards, uh, a storyboard file. Uh, where it just Wait, this was after you basically went to the trash and picked it back up. No, it wasn't trashed. Oh. It was it was trashed as in it was broken oh, because okay. it just duplicated some lines in my Xcode project file and then uh, Xcode couldn't read the project file anymore and said okay. this is a corrupted Xcode project. So that was great. So I fixed that. Um, then my storyboard file just ended. So uh, it it seemed to have like the end of file was earlier than expected. So it just opened because the storyboard files are now kind of XML-like. I don't know what it actually is, but it kind of looks like XML. Um, so it just opened opened attack and then never closed it. So the file just ended uh, earlier than it's supposed to. So that file was broken. So I fixed that. So it means you couldn't even open the storyboard. Yeah. And then one of my Swift files just uh, got a conflicted tag. So uh, pCloud renamed it to... I don't know, uh, something, something view controller, uh, in brackets conflicted. Um, but that one was actually not having any issues. Was no conflict in that one. So I just renamed that one back from conflicted to 
not conflicted and it worked again. Anyway, um, made me not so comfortable with having um, my project in in the pCloud sync. And it's unfortunate because everything else worked really nicely with pCloud. I was I was getting happier and happier with it. But that's the thing, right? Dropbox I've used for years and I've never had any any issues with it. And with those kind of data-based solutions, trust is a very, very important thing. And I noticed that after that happened, I, I pushed very very often whenever I made any changes to the project, um, which is obviously an indication of that I don't um, trust it as much. Um, so I thought, all right, let's see if Dropbox maybe have fixed the issue and I would at least use Dropbox for my uh, development projects, but still the same issue, so I can't use that. So I just, at the moment, moved it out of my pCloud folder and just work on it locally and then use Git to push updates like a normal person. And it feels weird. That is the responsible thing to do. Never had an issue. It messes up your workflow, though. It's it's not that crazy as it sounds. Like I really understand why why you would have your Git repositories in, um, what do you call it? In cloud storage. Cloud sync. Yeah. In cloud it, sync. It's really but nice it's, in theory, but almost everybody who does it says, "Ah, oh, yeah, sometimes it stuffs up, and you know, something duplicates or something." I've conflicts. done this for I don't know four or five years in Dropbox, and I've not had an issue once. Yeah. And then if you compare the amount that it stuffs up compared to how many times you were wishing that you could have synced your folders, then I think maybe, maybe ah, it's no, no, worth no. it. If you're in the mindset of having to push all the time when you're using Git, it's fine. Um, the thing is, have you never... All right, one question. Mm. And this might settle it or I shoot myself <laughs> in the foot. Have you ever worked on a thing at work you forgot to push before you went home. It has happened a non-zero amount of times. Exactly. And you know how many times Dropbox saved me of that problem? A non-zero amount of times. Yeah, but, but now how many times that. has like, cloud it's... storage stuffed up? Once. Okay. But it's it's not just about um, whether or not you forget to push. It's also like I might start, start working on something on one computer and I'm in the middle of implementing it. Um, and then for some reason I, I like I don't I don't always want to commit and push that because if I'm not com- like if it's not at a working stage I don't want to push it because then you're going to like if you have CI set up that might actually cause CI to break or your tests are not going to pass because you're in the middle of working on something and then I think I'd rather want to complete what I'm working on uh, before pushing that um so that I have like a clear clean state clean slate and then I think it makes sense to have it in cloud storage because if you then have to go to like you have to run out or you have to go to a different computer for some reason you will still have your previous state there and you don't have to worry about not committing it. And it's also nice because that also means you you keep all your stashes. So if you stash something, you just keep that. Everything just, whenever you leave the computer you're working on, you go to any other computer, everything is exactly in the same state. And I just appreciate that a lot. Um, to be fair, at the moment, I'm exclusively working for one computer. So it's not as much of a problem. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> so uh, most of my arguments are currently void. But I still liked to to that that pattern of working and in, in general a big fan of. So if I if I would have to uh, run out and work from a coffee shop, I could do that. It's good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I <laughs> no, just. Fair, I just no, fair like, enough. I get where you're coming from. It does make sense. Um, I just 
don't know if it's or worth like some just, of the hassles that I've heard about. That's the thing. Having. Or it could just be like, what if you suddenly spill water on your computer or you walk home with your computer? Like, even if it's a computer you work on every day and it breaks for some reason or someone steals it, then mm. you might not have committed those last things or you might not have what you stashed. I tend to store a, things, store a lot of things in my stash, actually, if I want to change it and commit it on a different branch later. I so have then, three, three cloud backups that run at least once an hour. Yeah, that's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would hope I that I'm in that, a state but... where I've pushed my work in the last couple. Of, like, like really, I probably wouldn't lose more than a couple of hours of work at, for most projects, at least. Yeah, but what about your stashes? I'm not a huge stash user. Like, if I'm stashing, I'm probably going to unstash. I don't know what the inverse of that is. Very quickly, apply stash. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally see why. Why, if it if it would have caused issues before, I would have abandoned it. I when I got into this a few years ago, I just thought, hey, this is a crazy thing to try. Let's let's see how it goes. With and I just worked on a project that didn't really matter a lot, um, and I almost forgot about that. I did that for a while just because it worked so flawlessly. I didn't even notice that anything is happening as I worked from my Dropbox uh, folder, and then I uh, got a. I think I worked mostly from the iMac. Then I got a um, MacBook on top of that. And then it just worked flawlessly. And I was like, this is amazing. This is so nice. And then I got maybe a few years of, of having the benefits of just never having to worry about it, always having everything in sync, all your things in sync, your stash is in sync, your, even if you start writing a commit message, I think even that syncs. Like everything just, just, um, stays exactly the way, um, between all the machines you're working on. And because I worked on it from only one machine for a year or two, and it never caused any issues, then I added a second machine and still didn't cause any issues. I just never had this, I should leave this this way of working. Yeah. It was not that I thought it would break things. I basically worked that way, didn't cause any issues. And then I got benefits on top of that. And that's why I was convinced that this is the right way of working between multiple machines yeah i, I agree and like for like uh, i i sometimes only just work from from the same machine all the time but like you say okay it's nice to know like if, if you get used to that workflow it's nice to continue that workflow because if you later on would add a machine it makes sense and just to keep up the like i don't see any i hadn't i haven't had enough issues with this workflow to remove it like i feel like i'd rather continue using this and then if i if i want to add a computer to it i can continue with that but it's also it's always a nice benchmark for how much do i trust my cloud storage because git files there are a lot of things that change quite rapidly anytime you do a commit or anytime you you make changes right so if that works i feel like i can trust the service fully with anything else as well i um because I do want to have, like, I, I do like the concept of having everything also being uh, syncing to, to some other place as I work on it, like for documents or for design assets on anything I work on. Like, for example, I if I work in Pixelmator on some assets for an app, um, I wouldn't use Git generally because they're not they're not text files you, you know you don't really want to use or at least i don't really enjoy using git for kind of binary files it's a bit awkward um so there that's I, when you have version one version two version three and you just exactly duplicate and the that, same document. <laughs> exactly and that's that's super strange too so i kind of like um to to have something like um the cloud storage to just 
I know it's always syncing and it usually has some kind of uh, history anyway. So if, if I need to jump back, I can do that through there. I know I c it's very unlikely that I will lose something. And um, it's just a thing that doesn't really lend itself to version control in the same way as code does. But if I wouldn't trust the cloud storage provider at all, I wouldn't want to use it for anything because I don't, those files, I want even less to be breaking because that's the nice thing with the Git setup, right? So if there's something that goes horribly wrong, I can see what happened. Like in my next commit, I see this file changed in a way I didn't expect to. So I see that. But if I would do that for files that don't really lend themselves for, for something like Git, I might not even notice that I broke something. So I feel um, source code is actually the, the one of the easier scenarios so to, to see if, if there are issues. So your point is that we should start putting all our documents in Git? <laughs> I mean... I mean, I wouldn't do that for our like logic project, right? That would be be insane. Like yeah. the the yeah. cloud the the cloud sync type thing is definitely lending itself more for something like this than. than no, I was joking. Work. I do think I think it's a it's a good argument for why you should do it. Like as you say, like it's it's a easy thing to you really notice if something is messed up with your cloud storage if or your cloud sync if you get get um, if your source files is actually. Mm broken and it's nice right because it tells you how much can i trust this cloud uh, sync provider because you see when something breaks so um from now until something else goes wrong i will probably try to have it in uh, google drive my my project and see how that goes and i'll report back if i ever have any issues with that be interested to hear yep. how that goes yeah i mean i don't disagree that uh it's really really nice in theory i'm just Still a little bit too scared to put uh, get things in in uh, cloud storage things, but otherwise cloud storage is great and um, or cloud sync, I guess you could call it. I do that. Yep. Uh, I have a couple of Macs that I do uni work on, and it's really nice to be able to pick up where I left off on anything uh, pretty much instantly. And just for the record, it's not my fault that this turned into a twenty-minute topic. I tried to wrap it all up in three minutes, and it's fine. And it was you two that forced it yeah. into a longer discussion. I think it was a good twenty-minute topic. Oh man, so much editing is required today. <laughs> You're what? You're tired? No, so much editing is required today. Oh, I keep saying <laughs> stupid things. I think that's what this show is. <laughs> It's stupid thing, but uh, uh, you know, on the on the whole tiredness topic, I am a little bit tired. Um, and I did try and get coffee before the show, but being the Christmas period, uh, the local coffee shop is or was closed. I believe they will open today because there was a delivery for them outside when I ran past, but um, they were not open when I went past, like half an hour before the podcast. Wait, the delivery just. Was there a delivery person standing in front of the no, shop? No, no. So I don't know if I don't know. Like this is something I've noticed recently. I'm sure it's been a thing for a while, but uh, cafes and stuff that get bread delivered. Oh, oh thank yeah. you. Yeah, they get it delivered before they open, and they just sit outside. I was gonna bring this up. The bread yeah. sits on the ground. It's like okay, that's a little bit gross. This is so weird. This is yeah. Like I don't know if this is a common thing everywhere else, but I never seen this until I was in Sydney. But it's like okay, so it's a Sydney thing. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> at least Australia. I, I, like, I don't that's know. That's where I seen it. Like I don't know. I guess I wasn't always passing cafes that were close that were gonna get bread <laughs> delivery. But like it, it is really strange because they just sit there on the street and it's usually like in an open container. It's like in a yeah, food yeah. container and they have yeah. a bit of plastic over them. But like. Mm -hmm. Someone could easily come up and just poke all of them. 
Yeah, I wonder, I, I don't know how that's legal to sell this stuff. I mean, it was unattended on a public street. And in this case, it was even like a quite frequently frequented walking street. Like there were hundreds of yeah, people walking by. Yeah, but there were also like that. birds, animals, like cockroaches. Yeah, definitely rodent rain. activity. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. Like it's lying on the ground and then you're yeah. going to eat a sandwich off that bread? On like anyway, it's a little bit. It's a little bit gross, but yeah, it is. It is strange, right? I guess if you're getting a cooked meal, like if the bread's heated up, then the you know bacteria dies. But <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I don't <laughs> think so. Maybe if the deep fried the bread, it's probably fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's I, a little I, bit weird. I'm with but... you though. It was okay. weird when I saw it. I was like, okay, not going to that place anymore. Yeah, glad I'm not the only one who thinks it's weird. But anyway, the local yeah. cafe got. A, they had a delivery. They would normally be open by that time on a Sunday, but they weren't. So I don't know what. I mean, I hope the the staff are enjoying Christmas with their family. <laughs> no, I'm There's serious. A, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. You're a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice. To, anyway. No, it's good. It's good. Um, but like Christmas is not it's not Christmas today, though, in Australia. No, it's but it's the Tuesday, weekend right? before Christmas. So it's usually, you know, there's lots of family stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you you wrote in the show notes, amazing coffee. So, how did this story end? This I wasn't that. me. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm so... Why do you bring up a coffee topic? <laughs> so that we could segue into no. the amazing coffee topic. Uh, this is Marlon's cue like, to be like, well, uh, speaking of coffee. <laughs> I, I know, I, but I actually changed my mind. I feel like it shouldn't be the mini topics because it's could belong to my stuff we like. I feel option. like you guys doing this on purpose now. <laughs> How are we getting worse at segues? Speaking of cafes, um, I had this amazing coffee, and I just wanted to point it out. And Kai, are you still using it later in the list, or now this is not going? to No, work? this is different. So, okay. what I'm using later in the list is uh, another <laughs> coffee-related thing, which I'm not going to disclose yet because you should stay tuned to the end of this episode. Uh, but I wanted to talk about this really good coffee. So, we have this local cafe that. Um, just turned uh, one year or it's like one, their one year anniversary and they had some um, because of that they had um, special milk they had like water buffalo milk have you heard of this sack i haven't no this is amazing okay. like it's it's apparently seven and a half or seven percent fat it's really good that's a lot of fat right <laughs> it is like usually milk has like two percent i think i think three and okay. a half okay yeah so this is basically double the fat and it's so good it's like it's like drinking coffee with whipped cream in. like <laughs> i when i make coffee myself at home i always drink it black because i use the aeropress and i sort of like the coffee but if i have um if i have espresso based coffee i don't like having it black i don't i feel like the flavor is very different from that compared to drip coffee or aeropress coffee um but like this um latte or like the coffee that they make that's that they add milk to is so good because they have like this really creamy creamy coffee so if you ever get a chance to try it you should interesting mm. okay just wanted to point it out because i feel like this is something i never heard of before okay and good. yeah it was i mean amazing. we all know that high fat milk is better than than low fat milk despite what people will try and pretend so i guess even higher fatter milk is nicer yeah low fat milk is just white water Look, yeah, I mean, I, I, I dr tend to drink light milk at home because it's healthier, but I don't get people who pretend that it's nicer. I don't it's understand not necessarily. That. Like, I don't want to get into this, but like, <laughs> fat is not necessarily making you fat. It depends on what type of fat you have. It's the same. Like, a cold, like being cold, doesn't actually make you get a cold. There are other parts of it that potentially. Oh uh, yeah, that one is a weird one. 
Mm. All right, yeah. moving on. Let's talk I, about religion. <laughs> I do have one more topic, coffee-related topic. Uh, to All right. Mention. While we're talking about coffee, and you know, it's the end of the year, we can we can talk about these fun things. Um, <laughs> well, coffee is fun, anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we would even talk about talk, it mid-June, yeah. but we will talk about tech things later, anyways. So <laughs> we this will be fine. Yeah. I mean, like. It, despite it being December here, it's still kind of like hasn't been too warm, so it's good to still enjoy hot coffee at the moment. Anyway, so I, I've got a Keep Cup, like one of those, uh, you know, the reusable. A uh, Keep Cup is a brand, but one of those reusable coffee cups that you can take to a coffee shop and they put the coffee in there, and you don't, ha- you can save paper cups. I got this like a couple months ago, and um, I got uh, the small size, like the Piccolo Keep Cup, so it's like 120 mils. Um, for various reasons, but nothing in my life that I have ever said or done has gotten more comments than this coffee cup. Like, it is incredible. <laughs> like, at every cafe I go to, the the person serving or the barista, like, I get comments about it. I get comments at work. Like, there'll be meetings at work with people that I don't know who don't normally work in the office, and they will, like, ask me about this cup. And then ask to okay. hold it and ask to feel it. It's really Wait. weird. And I wanted to, I wanted to mention it because yesterday I took it to another, like a new coffee place, and I got two comments about it from people who work there. And I'm like, it's not that special, but okay. Now I really wonder weird. is it is it the is it the one from the brand Keep Cup? It, it is. Yeah, it's the the brand Keep Cup. That is so because so, this is a very common thing. Like they're I, common, I, yeah. I, in, in Australia, I think it's an Australian brand, and there's mm-hmm. so many people having this, especially. Yeah. And now where you working, they actually gave this out as a Christmas present that the year. Oh, okay. Like branded yeah. keep cups. Uh, so that's... See, but wait, people tend to so, comment on the size because it's the small one. But it's like they're almost... They expect it to have a different material or something. So, they like people have asked to hold it. It's just... Which it color gets, is it? It's gray with a an orange band ring thing around it. Because, you know, you have the... The okay, rings that you can brand. Do you think that's why they think it's a different material because of the colors? Because usually they are like really colorful. Maybe I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, I don't know. Like, there's no point to me mentioning this other than it's just really no, strange to constantly get comments about it. Is it plastic or glass? It is plastic. Yeah, it's it's plastic. So I don't know. It's the same material as the other this plastic. Is a big deal. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a big. I don't I know. Mean, it makes sense. <laughs> That they would comment on the size, but still, it's a keep cup. Like yeah, it's, not it's very special. Reusable cup. I don't know. Yeah. Good <laughs> that people get excited about reusable cups. Yeah, that part is good. <clears throat> that that part is good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing more to say about that. Just it's it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually Australian? I think it's an I'm Australian sure it brand. Is. Yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Really, Melbourne came up with a coffee product. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's interesting because they've kind of got the market wrapped up, right? Like, there's a lot of different reusable cups, but everyone still call at least in Australia, everyone still calls them Keep Cups. I know. And whether it's Keep Cup branded or not. Yeah, and it's actually, like, there are better coffee cups, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this one isn't, like, it's not, like, double insulated or no, anything, no. and it's not leak-proof. Like, it no. leaks. Like, it's not like, it's not like it holds the liquid in. That's but right. I guess it's the price is very... Like it's very cheap, yeah, and yeah. I guess people were quite excited when they were all colorful and stuff. Mm. Also, the name Keep Cup, I yeah. think it's a yeah. good name, and I think people like the branded ones as well. Yeah, 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 that's true. Company, but it's always surprising to me when those kind of super simple, uh, kind of, I mean, they have nothing to differentiate themselves really, 
but somehow they managed to get a huge chunk of market share. It's always surprising to me when those kind of things grab so much market for no apparent reason. It's just a combination of colors and name, and therefore they're now a million-dollar business. <laughs> I wonder if um, if the whole playing to the the environmental aspect, like the benefit that you're doing by having one really helps as well. Like you see someone with it and you think, oh, I really should get one of those, and then you know, sort of spirals. Because I know these ones are common in on the stores, of, like sorry, on the shelves at cafes and things like that um, because they can be branded. Yeah, and yeah. I think those cafes also give you discounts. So if you do bring a keep cup, uh, you tend to get like 50 cents off or something. Yeah, some coffee. of them do, yeah. So it makes a difference. All right. Do you want to get into our main topic? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Our main topic list is about 12 topics long. So yeah, which one are you referring to? Like two of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I think uh, we spoke a bit before we started recording that uh, it makes sense to maybe start with the top, uh, the top topic, the top topics. That sounds stupid. Um, but uh, the list that are the topics that are in the top of the list. So <laughs> gosh, that was convoluted. Um, I think we spoke about this before and we wanted to, like, considering that it is the last episode this year, um, like, I usually, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, like, setting New Year's resolutions or, like, things like that for the new year, but I think it's always, like, around Christmas is always a time when I'm, like, a bit more nostalgic. I'm thinking a bit about the year that passed and I think, uh, because of that, we wanted to talk a bit about, like, the products we've been using. So I think something like, um, we wanted to chat a bit about um, our favorite or our like biggest impacts, the big the apps uh, in on macOS and iOS that we had the biggest impact from this year or the biggest benefit from this year. Uh, am I summarizing this okay? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Y- yeah, and I think uh, uh, kind of focuses also on things that are new for this year, not something that just happened. Like I don't know, it shouldn't be the messages app because. You use that a lot because that's been around for a while. It's something that kind of came out this year or uh, had a significant update this year that made you start using it. Yep. Yep. I think that's a good way of saying it. And uh, I don't know how we should start this or uh, I don't even know. Have, have you guys decided what you actually want to mention in this? Like, I feel like there's so many things. Yeah. I have I have some stuff. I don't know if it's quite quite what you're looking for but i can answer the question (laughs) all right then you start um sure so one of the so a lot of the apps that i'm using at this time this year are very much the same as this time last year i don't have a lot of new apps on my phone that have sort of changed things so i'm going with something that uh i just think is cool that i sort of wouldn't have I didn't know about this time last year or didn't expect to be using. Uh, and that's simply uh, Hey You, but this applies to all, I guess, food and coffee ordering apps from the phone. Um, I Before this year, I had not uh, even thought about pre-ordering uh, food or coffee before I get to a cafe. Um, so, it's sort of, it is something that changed, I guess, a workflow in my life. Um, so, it's not like it's not aiding productivity really or, or you know, it's not a new tool that's, you know, ma- making me spend better use of my time or something, but it's it's something that's kind of cool and something that I didn't really know existed. <laughs> that's exactly what it does, though. Yeah. Like I think that's pretty much what it does. Like if you can pre-order your food, you don't have to worry about like 
uh, actually standing around waiting, like you know when it's your time to pick it up, and I think it actually makes you more productive. True, true. Yeah, I, I guess I meant like it's not directly impacting my work, but maybe it is if if I'm spending five minutes less getting coffee every day. Maybe. Um, so okay, in that case, it is a, a productivity booster. It's not like directly related to output, but yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, that kind of thing is a cool. Uh, it's a cool concept, I guess. That uh, so that's on iOS. Um, on macOS, it's probably got to be logic. And I know we've spoken about this very recently yeah, in terms of. Oh, pick. actually, actually, I do have another one. So I have two. So logic uh, is the first um, because. Well, that's now saving me probably an hour or two a week, depending on mm-hmm. length of episode and things like that for, for editing this show. Um, so that was a huge step up uh, from GarageBand. I'm not really going to go into why it's so much uh, more beneficial because I think we spoke about this three episodes ago. So I don't want to. Yeah, we have an entire episode yeah. for that. <laughs> I don't want to rehash that. Uh, but the second is I am now using Git Tower as my Git client. And that mm. is a lot nicer than. Uh, built-in Xcode uh, Git uh, tools or the command line. So, uh, I think Git Tower has improved my Git workflow, made me slightly more productive, actually a lot more productive um, when it comes to all things Git. And that is definitely a change in workflow to be using a a third-party Git client that isn't source tree. Um, I think I mentioned just about every other major Git platform that that isn't Tower that I was using. But um, (laughs) yeah, so yeah, that has been... I mean, the the idea of paying for a Git client can be a little bit strange because, well, there's free alternatives, but I think for something like that, where it is actually benefiting your workflow and making things uh, easier and smoother um, and sort of, uh, I guess, improving uh, the way you're using Git, it's probably worth it because it does lead to more productivity in the end. So I don't know if that sort of answers the question, Marlon, but they're the kind of new Mac apps and iOS app that I've sort of been using that I like. Oh, I have one more yeah. for iOS. Can I, can, I, can I add another one or is no, this too much? No, that's the limit. <laughs> We're only out of time here. Go for it. Cool. Uh, notability on iOS. So that's, uh, I'm using that primarily with the uh, iPad, which uh, was a new, uh, new tool that I bought this year. Um, and so combination of the iPad, the Apple Pencil and notability are great for my uni classes. Um, it's replaced all paper notebooks, paper diaries, all those kind of things. Um, it's really nice to just only have to carry one device and be able to do everything that I would expect from uh, a notebook application uh, on the iPad with the Apple Pencil. So that's, I guess that is um, productivity booster because, you know, you can have your notes and you can have your um, like information like PowerPoint slides or whatever it might be on the other side of the iPad screen, but also just even being able to, um, get away with only carrying one device, so carrying one iPad instead of, you know, four different exercise books in a backpack. That I guess that helps, uh, you know, in sort of lightening the load when you're walking around uni and. Leads but to you being do still bring your computer too, right? I do still bring, yeah, still bring my computer. So what do you found out uh, like benefits of taking notes? Notability allows you to write with a pencil, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, why do you prefer that over just typing your notes? Um, on the computer, few reasons. So I guess less distraction is one thing. Um, you know, if you've got, if I've got a Mac, I'm very, very quick at typing on a Mac, so I can often sneak a glance in at Twitter or, or very easily be distracted by an iMessage or something. It's a little bit more difficult on the iPad. I'm, I don't f- think I'm that productive on an iPad. Um, so I think 
even to get around iOS, it's a lot more clunky than Mac OS. Uh, and it might just be a familiarity thing. But if I'm writing notes in Notability, then I'm generally writing notes in Notability and not doing much else. Um, but also, I know there's a bunch of research that says like handwriting stuff is uh, better for for absorbing it um, than uh, than typing it. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but I guess that's another reason. And the third is well, I bought it around the time when I was doing a, a few economics classes. And they all have a lot of diagrams that needs uh, diagrams and graphs that need to be drawn, and it's really difficult to do those up in Pages or Word or anything uh, on a computer. So being able to hand hand draw those on a, a notebook like application is actually really beneficial. Um, and Notability is one of the better applications I've found for for doing that. So that's me. Okay, no, that that makes sense. And Kai's cool. just <laughs> writing. I saw Kai here while you were talking about how nice it is to write write things down. Mm-hmm. He's just like writing. He was struggling finding a piece of paper on this old receipt where he wanted to write something down on. So, yeah, it's probably something in it. Some people like writing with pen, with pen and paper. My handwriting is just terrible, mm-hmm. and um, that's why I often don't go back to notes I write by hand. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's the same for me. Uh, my notes become. I think my notes usually have a my handwritten notes have a lifetime of about twenty four hours before <laughs> I start forgetting what I wrote. So then it's not. I'm not able to read it anymore. <laughs> I will point out. Um, um, so I have. I think I have fairly messy handwriting. But Notability introduced a search feature, like maybe six or eight months yeah, ago. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I want to try it out. And it's it actually works really well. Like I have terrible handwriting, but I can reliably search through my notes uh, and look for certain keywords and things like that. It's actually uh, quite impressive. Is the app also detecting a spell? Uh, like, does it do any auto correction? Uh, no. So, so I'm not using the feature where it turns handwriting into text. Um, okay. But it allows you to search. So, it indexes and allows you to search the words that you've handwritten, if that makes sense. Okay. Now, um, I was just thinking yeah. because sometimes I might type, have a typo in it. So, mm-hmm. if I would search for it, I would probably not find it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe it underlines, it, maybe it also underlines things that you. Have a typo in? Um, Not notability. So maybe I'm sure there's probably another app I feel that like does there are other something apps. like that. Yeah, I mean, there's even yeah. a few. My spelling that... is getting better and better, but <laughs> I think that's often because I do rely on autocorrect mm-hmm. uh, a lot. But yeah. I just thought. So do I. Don't worry. I just thought that might like. I'm. I'm not sure if I get that much benefit of the searching if my spelling didn't wasn't good in the first place. Fair enough. Um, no, but I want to. I want to use it. I want to try it out. And like jokes aside, I think my spelling. My Swedish spelling is good, like it's fine, but I think my English spelling is getting better and better, uh, especially words that I commonly use to. Like, there's certain words that are just like very similar, like weather and weather, like weather or not, and weather as in the weather outside. Like those type of words are just like both of them exist, but mm-hmm. I might write the wrong thing, so that's why it would be good. Yeah, to have, like yeah. Well, I don't ones. think spell correction would probably not help with that. I need something like Grammarly. Yeah. Sometimes some things tend to pick it up, others don't. It's a bit. I think autocorrect on the iPhone is pretty good at, at uh, inferring the context with which you're using a word. Um, it can be good about that. Yeah, that's true. Speaking uh, of um, spell correction and grammar correction, uh, should I go next? Sure thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, like, uh, yeah, that's that leads into one thing that I really feel like I benefited from. I have used Grammarly for a long time, so I've sort of... I'm structuring the rules here uh, rather uh, on whether this is allowed to be mentioned or not, but 
I just want to have a shout out because I think something like Grammarly is really, really good. Like it's an app that basically like you can type your text into it and it helps you with all of your gram grammatical issues or spelling issues but like things like for example where you should have a comma and where you shouldn't have a comma or where you're using a passive like passive voice misuse and those types of things it's picking up on and like those things or like if you have a convoluted sentence and you should actually like split it up into like multiple parts it's it's a really good app for that so like just to like write I, I, I tend to always run things through that if I'm writing a more like professional email to someone um, or if I potentially just write like if I would write show notes or if I would write like a blog post, I, was, I would always run it through just to make sure that I actually have the uh, correct, I guess, syntax for, you don't call it syntax, but a correct grammar. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. I use it for all my university assignments that involve words and uh, for all blog posts <laughs> as well. And it's just really nice to get that sort of overview of, of where you could improve in your language and where you might have used the word incorrectly or something like that. It sort of picks up a little bit more than a typical autocorrect would, um, mm. which is really nice. Are, so you we'll using, are you using the paid version or the free yeah. version? Yeah. Fortunately, it's... The free it's version. Uh, no, sorry, the paid version. Fortunately, it's oh, covered okay. by university. Um, oh. So, it's part of... I mean, yeah. yeah, they have some package with the uni, so I get the, the premium version, which is quite nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting it because at the moment I have the free version, but mm. I am considering... And like when you have the free version, it always gives you a hint that you have more advanced issues and those yeah. advanced issues might... It doesn't point out where the issues are. It just says like somewhere in this text, you um, are like... You, you have a complicated sentence, like yes. your sentence is too long or something. I'm like, then I sort of spend time trying to figure out what it is. And I think I would actually save a lot of time if I just pay for the version and get an outline of what it is. But I think it's a really good way of um, offering a free version with a paid tier because it's you basically get all the information. It just yep. the additional help of where exactly is your issue is hidden until you pay. Yeah. It always kind of encourages you. I, I've never used a product so often that's still so useful while always encouraging me to, to give them money. Yeah, but at the same time, like I actually found so so the reason like one reason why I haven't bought it is because like sometimes it, like I don't feel like those more advanced issues that it does pick up, I wouldn't always care about correcting. It depends on how important the email is. And once it's actually something really important, I tend to spend that time in actually trying to guess what it is. And I don't know if I'm telling myself this just because I'm saving money on it as well, but I do feel like the fact that I'm sort of critic, like I get some criticism saying there's something wrong here that makes me go back to the text and actually read it through and check myself to make, like to try to find the issue myself. And I'm wondering if that might actually be a healthy exercise. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. rather than it telling me, I actually try to figure it out myself and then mm -hmm. I'm hoping I will be improved next time. But I might have the same improvement if I pay. I should probably just pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's one of the Mac apps that I have. Um, another thing. Uh, just yeah. sorry, just before we move on from Grammarly, have you tried the iOS keyboard? I have, but I found that not very helpful. Like, okay. Uh, well, it is helpful. Like it does the same thing as the app, but it felt very slow i think yeah. like it was a long time ago i used it but i think it felt slow and you also don't have the force touch uh, features okay, so like yeah. on the regular ios keyboard you can just force touch and then move around mm -hmm. um the cursor and i really like that so that's something i was missing so what i started doing was to like type my message first um with the regular keyboard and then change to the grammarly keyboard so uh, that it would pick okay. it up yeah. but it doesn't you still have to like in order for it to actually detect, I think you have to go through each sentence, like with the cursor, for it to detect any issues. So okay, it doesn't actually, yeah. 
I don't know if it's because it's slow or if it's a, if it was a bug then, but maybe mm-hmm. I should try it again. Okay, yeah. No, fair enough. I was just I, curious if you tried that because, I mean, I find most third-party keyboards a bit clunky, but I think if I was to use one, then Grammarly does provide uh, a benefit that a lot of the others don't. I just don't write important enough messages on iOS, I guess, for it to... Like, I don't really have a lot of messages that I think are important enough to to require grammar checking and being on my phone. It's just not mm. not a common use case for me. Okay, yeah, that's fair, fair enough. enough. There's a Mac for that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Unless you want to use the keyboard on the iPad. Yeah, I guess, I guess if you would use an iPad, that would kind of solve the problem too, right? Because you wouldn't... I mean, you, if you use a Bluetooth or the smart keyboard, you don't really care about the on-screen keyboard anyway. So then you just get the benefit mm, of the yeah. grammar checking without any of the downsides, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying this as I know. Like, uh, I, I make it sound like I know that they have an iPad app. I actually don't know. Wouldn't aren't all keyboards just working on? I don't know. I don't use an iPad. I don't know. The iPad suck. <laughs> Help us here. I don't know. I've never tried a third party keyboard on the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're not the right people to talk about this. Uh, and I so often have my iPad in front of me while we record, but I don't today. So I'm sorry. I can't check it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We just, it's not important. People don't care about the iPad, anyways. All right. Tell Our us about your... get their work done on a Mac. <laughs> Tell us about your iPhone app. Um, oh, I wasn't done with with Mac though. I had one more thing. Oh, okay. Um, this is boring. Uh, but I, I like previous years. I have been struggling finding good cloud storage solutions. <laughs> really? Are we getting into this topic again? <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about it. Bit of a trend uh, here. I, <laughs> I started using P Cloud this year, and I feel like it provides me with so many benefits. And if everything from, um, like the actual offsite backups, because I used to have a lot of onsite backups, like in in our apartment, but I never really really had like a reliable setup to uh, offsite backup that I backed up to regularly and i know i'm a monster for this but um i felt like this was a problem that i had to fix and i fixed it this year um and yeah i really really like pcloud and the backup uh, options i have there um and the other thing is that pcloud also provides uh, sync functionality so you do have something like uh, cloud cl- uh, cloud syncing which we spoke about earlier in this episode. Um, and I think that's something that has been working really reliable for me. I haven't added any, um, any source code to it yet, but, um, I do s- currently store a lot of like important information in there that I also share with Kai, like a lot of important documents and the sharing functionality just works really well. Like you can invite someone to actually share one specific folder. And I think it's been, um, yeah, it's been really good and really handy this year because I feel like we've been moving a lot. So it's been important for me to have like an offsite place where I back everything up. So plus a lot of important documents while we moved to different countries. So yeah, having exactly. those documents that we collect over a month in a safe place and on multiple safe places and backed up and version control and everything is kind of nice to it adds a lot of peace of mind to know yeah, that it's, it's everywhere. Not, it's not like I'm using it every day. I mean, it is automatically happening every day, but it's just a peace of mind. Like I know that because, as I said, I had a lot of hard drives uh, where I did store backups before, but I, I always felt a bit unsettled. Like, what if that would break? What if something would happen? But now all of those documents are on like multiple sites. Uh, I do also use, um, what is it called? Oh, no, I also use uh, ArcCloud. Uh-huh. Um, so I sort of combined this. So like just the fact that I have more backup solutions makes me settle and helps me sleep at night. 
Um, but that's a bit boring. It's not really helping my productivity, but and then it does relax me. How's that boring? It's cloud backup. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I agree that the P Cloud integration on iOS is very good. And mm. oh, Mac, sorry, but it's also oh. I, I will talk more about the the way iOS of using too. backup. With I'm sure you will. I'm yeah. sure you will. Um, and on iOS, like honestly, like I look through now and I feel like I feel really boring. I'm like, have I even used like there haven't been that many new apps I started using. I have a feeling I started using things more this year, which we spoke about last episode. So I'm not going to get too much into that. Um, but yeah, then obviously we also do have uh, pCloud on the iPhone. And I think that's been really handy, especially now when we, <laughs> um, when we share notes and we did, and when we often upload some episodes on PCloud. I'm happy you're also struggling. Yeah. Okay. Good. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I, I have installed a lot of apps that I've been wanting to try. Like, for example, I installed Streaks, uh, which is like an app for you to uh, start setting. It's, it's basically a way for you to start healthier habits or good habits. And this is an app that I really want to experiment with. And it's an app I've been looking at for a while. I hadn't it installed for a while. And this time I actually set up some things, like some tasks that I wanted to get streaks on. So how it works is that you have like, I think it's like six different items at a time that you try to just get a streak of. So you try to do it every day or however regular you want. And then they also have like a don't thing. So like if you want to start, stop eating uh, like junk food, you can put that on a separate sort of streak list and sort of log how many days you eat, like you haven't been eating sugar, for example. And this is a really cool app. And I started setting things up and um, I'd really enjoy it. Uh, but I feel like I, uh, this is definitely a project that this is definitely something I want to get more used to, like get more into the habit of using um, and actually completing my streaks uh, next year. It's just one of the apps that is um, not very UI kit of a design, but a really nice design. Like I feel like, I mean, I, I would probably get into that during my, 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 I don't know, what do we call this? My things for the year. Your roundup list. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in general, iOS was quite boring this year. I've yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like maybe I was just not putting the effort into finding new apps. But I have been looking in the App Store, like not as frequent as you, Kai. But I have been looking and like trying to find find um, different apps. But I feel like most apps that I installed were games, and I don't know if yeah. that's because there were many games coming out, or that was more there were more games being featured lately. But I just feel like in terms of like productivity apps, I really want to add more. And that's why I did start looking at streaks. But then I just didn't get into the flow of using it. I really want to start using it now. And I think uh, I probably will from today onwards. But my point is more, it's it's a really nice design without being just UI kit, like basic UI kit elements everywhere. It just looks really nice. It's I, I just feel like this is a good um, app as an example of what a nice designed app that feels native on iOS could be like without just looking like a table view and a... That's true, yeah. I just realized that your first streak in streaks could be to use streaks. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. Yeah, it's a really good idea. <laughs> I should do that. That like, should be like the default when you open, open the, app, the app. It should yeah. add that there automatically for you. Yeah, if, I think so too. That would be a good idea. Yeah, let's uh, feature request for Quinn. Yeah, yeah, we should, we should. 
I'm gonna add it now, uh, but <laughs> th- once I'm done talking, um, uh, yeah. So that's an app I want to start using. Uh, in general, like I did, I did struggle more with this than with Mac, and I'm not sure if it's because I've been using my Mac more um, this year for like things that aren't only work related. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is, but for some reason, I felt like I guess I felt more comfortable just sitting down with my Mac compared to my phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I, I kind of looked on my phone to try to find something that that was a recent addition that added that added a lot to my life this year. And overall, um, whenever I thought, "Hey, I think this one is new," I looked at the uh, version history in the App Store, and it it was already version five, and the first release was like six years ago. So overall, it didn't go too well of finding something that is genuinely new this year. And I don't know what, what that means. I, I just feel there were not a lot of new additions. So I really, really struggled with that this year. But I guess also not a lot of my life changed or the ta- everything that changed in my life didn't really have a big impact on um, on how I would use my phone. Um, so While on, on my Mac, there are new things we're doing now or that I do in my life that require a whole bunch of new apps, like that we started podcasting that obviously had an impact on the apps I'm using at least weekly on my Mac that I wouldn't do before. But my iPhone doesn't really know anything about us podcasting. Um, if there only were podcasting apps for iOS. <laughs> I mean, I mean there are and people use that, but I just, I, I like the Mac and I would use that for those kind of things so the the best one I could come up with in the podcasting realm is time there because we use that a lot for kind of like the time management yeah that's what I was gonna say too but then I got too distracted using streaks (laughs) and adding the streaks but yeah I think time there is something I really enjoy using and it's something that helps us planning our podcast and it's also good when we talk to like family in Europe it's it's very helpful to Mm. look at time there um, but we've been talking about it so much through this podcast. I don't want to talk yeah. too much about it. Um, otherwise, um, this year, I think the, the, my favorite new game was probably Holdown. I think I picked it when we still had our old list segment. Um, it's just a really nice, nice game and I still play it and it's been around for, for quite a few months now, but it's still something that I play every now and then to try to improve my, my, uh, um, my high score in the, I guess it's an infinite level, but I I have over a kilometer. So everyone that used played hold on might know what this means. But I was kind of I, I played it a lot more until I hit the thousand meters. After that, I kind of that was kind of the goal I set myself because the next milestone would be so far away. I don't think I would ever get there. Wasn't that also when the a lot of new games came out for the Switch by the same time? Yeah, but it's it's. I mean, I, I I wouldn't. I usually don't have a time where I'm like, should I play Switch or an iPhone game? Okay. It, it's usually more that, at least for those type of games, I just play them in different situations. Um, otherwise, I, I kind of try to think about what, what else has changed in our life. And I mean, we moved countries. So I was like, there must be something that I use a lot more now than I used before. And uh, one thing that came to mind is Transit and City Mapper. Yeah, just, I, re- I really like City Mapper. Just as uh, public transport uh, apps with that have live data. Yeah, I intend to say that too. I don't know. I, I sort of forgot what I want to say for iOS, but hmm. good pick, Kai. Yeah, so for those, um, I, I just, because in Sydney we didn't really use public transport a lot, I always felt like it was a bit, I mean, we we live close enough to the to downtown in Sydney that 
whenever we could, we would rather cycle or walk. But it was still a bit far that far enough that it got annoying of a distance. Um, but why are you looking so critical? We live even closer to the city here. So exactly. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> but there's a difference in how we're using public transport. But f for Sydney, I felt like most of the public transport was kind of what we used for like getting to the city to, to save ourselves the 20 minute, 30 minute walk. I don't know what it was. Um, but I, I, we tried to avoid public transport a lot more when we could. So I didn't really use a lot of apps because I didn't use them frequently and it was kind of not a thing. I was a big part of my life. Here in Vancouver, we do use public transport a lot more just because it's more convenient and it kind of goes to a lot of places that we go to that are not daily commute type activities. Like if we go into the mountains for a hike, there That's are... That's true. Well, as in Sydney, if you would want to do that, it's... It tends to be a very long train tra train it's ride. Usually it usually doesn't take you right to where you want to go, so you would have to plan in a different way. Yeah, you're kind of using more like car-to-go type things if you want to go somewhere into the wilderness for, for hiking. There's not really as much of a public transport uh, network into those areas, or at least we didn't find good places that where public transport would take us. And here we do that quite a lot. It's just not good public transport, don't worry. <laughs> but especially here in summer, we, we kind of every weekend we went to some some kind of mountainous area for, for hikes. And we could usually take like from here a train and then a, uh, a ferry and then another bus. And then we were somewhere in a somewhat remote feeling area where we could go for a hike. And we used um, uh, the kind of... I don't know if you if you use a lot of kind of third party uh, public transport apps, but I really like the um, life, I guess, navigation type features where you say where you want to go and then you hit the go button and then it tells you uh, your bus is arriving in two minutes, uh, get onto this bus and then you just sit in a bus and two stops before you have to get off, it tells you, hey, get ready to, to uh, get off the bus and then yeah. it tells you again one stop before. And it kind of is a thing that where you don't really have to check your phone. Like, I feel like a few years ago when I used public transport, my mindset was more about having to constantly check my phone whether I missed my stop yet. Yeah, and I think this also works really good with the Apple Watch because if you have the watch, you don't have to look at the phone. You just get notifications every time you should um, like be aware of what's happening next. So if you're two stops away, it will let you know. And yeah. I really, really like this feature. And it just makes you makes it a bit more calming to be on a bus, especially if you're new to a city and want to explore different areas that you haven't been in. It's always hard to sort of figure out where you have to go off. But if you have this app, it's quite easy to just relax while you sit there and trust that Apple will yeah. let you know. Especially when you're, when you're kind of out with friends that also don't know where you're going. It's kind of nice because you can talk to people and you don't really have to pay attention to your stops. You you will just get to know when, when to go off and when to do what. And I feel like that kind of improved the way I use public transport quite a lot. Um, and that's nice. And another thing is, I, I think it was technically not this year, but I mean, I struggled with the IRS list, so I will cheat. Um, that's the... I mean, you're not really struggling. We were, like, I think both of us, we sort of mentioned one app for each platform. So I think you, you're doing pretty good. Yep. Thank you. Uh, SpaceX Now is an app that just basically shows you all the SpaceX rocket launches that are scheduled. And we do like to watch rocket launches a lot this year. Uh, I mean, they were 
some quite uh, exciting events like the Falcon Heavy test launch and those kind of things. And we tend to watch those together or with friends. So having an app that kind of just shows you all the upcoming uh, launches is quite nice. Technically, I used this app last year already, but this year I, I watch a lot more launches. And SpaceX launched the most um, rockets ever. So they just got a world record for most rocket launches in a year. Um, so that means uh, I, by definition, used this app more this year than ever before. So that's kind of my... You don't to justify it. Well, I want to justify it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my iOS list. Um, on, I think we, we on the, from the get-go, we set one app, but now we all picked a lot more than one. So I will just quickly... That's all right. We're excited about it. It's good. Exactly. But uh, as I already mentioned on the Mac... Um, because we started uh, podcasting, uh, there were quite a few editions. So uh, most notably Discord and Orphonic for me. So Discord, because we record our podcast uh, using Discord or talk to each other using Discord. And we tried a few uh, other ones before and Discord just is super reliable and hasn't messed up for us yet. And I really enjoy that. Also, it doesn't make uh, Zach's fan spin up on his MacBook. That's true. If there's still fan noise for some reason, like we actually, if we do a video call, then Orphonic gets rid of all the background noise, which is really nice. Um, so those were the two kind of podcast related. Then I, uh, because I'm working on a new project and I, this time I wanted to kind of approach it differently and actually do full designs before I start the technical implementation, or at least a good amount of design work. I decided to this time actually use design tools. So um, because everyone's using Sketch and I wanted to use something else that I haven't used before, I tried Figma uh, this year and I quite enjoyed it. It's quite a nice way of kind of designing your UI before and then it has all the kind of nice tools where it shows you... Um, all your all your like spacing on the on the canvas and all the color codes and those kind of things does a lot of the things that sketch does but it also has built-in prototyping so you if you have all your all your views designed you can connect them and kind of show how the flow would be and kind of just force yourself to think about a bit more of a design and and flow before you start implementation and for me at least i noticed that because i was kind of more distant to the implementation i took fewer shortcuts initially so i designed something that might be slightly harder to implement um and then just because i i designed it before i actually started uh, so i started working on the back end before i started the iOS app but because i already knew what the design would be like i had enough time to think about potential implementation solutions to that so it actually wasn't uh, as bad as i thought in the end so that was quite a new workflow i tried this time and i quite enjoyed that so um figma just happened to be the tool i used for that then also grammarly that as marlin said and um duplicacy as a backup tool so we're using pcloud for storage and duplicacy to actually do the backup to pcloud um i'll probably talk about uh duplicacy more next time because they're currently in a beta for their new um, uh, backup tools at the moment it's more of a command line interface uh, thing or or a quite awkward um, I guess it's a Mac app but it's a bit awkward of an I don't know what they're using to to render the UI but it's it's not very nice and they're having a new beta where they just run like a small web server and you have a website to configure everything which is way nicer and then just um, a command line thing that runs in the background to actually do all the tasks. 
Um, it's really nice, but it's still in beta, so I wouldn't really recommend people using beta tools for their backups. Um, so I think it will be done in the next month or so. So I'll I'll talk more about it when it's actually uh, out of beta. That's my list. Cool. Cool. Short and concise. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good that you have so many things that you're excited about. And you're right. Like, it feels like there are a lot more Mac apps that are new for you now. So it makes mm. sense that you, it, it's cool that you were able to find an experiment with so many new tools. Mm. And I, I just still really like the Mac as a platform. And I feel like iOS is a bit more static in my use. I mean, things are, are improving slowly, but I feel like there's not, because I don't, I mean, because I don't use an iPad, I mostly use an iPhone, and I don't really foresee iPhone usage to change a lot, right? So uh, the the changes in the, in iOS are kind of, or on iPhone from a hardware perspective, are getting smaller over time. Like the iPhone 10 to 10s uh, upgrade is probably one of the smallest, even though everything has changed, like all the components have changed for day-to-day for day-to-day use it's probably the smallest change in a long time so um and i feel like in general the way at least i'm using my iphone or kind of the anyone would use like a smartphone it's probably not changing a lot even if things in your life change um i mean at least from my perspective there are not a lot of things that change just because i do different things in my life because my phone is not really it's not like it's not like your main tool to get work done. So yeah, if not- you change the thing you're working with, like if you want to do more design work or if you want to sp- record podcasts, it's not going to have an impact on your exactly. iOS device. Yeah. So, yeah. but I definitely feel the same. Um, looking at my home screen, nothing has changed. Almost nothing has changed in a year. Maybe we should add our uh, screenshot of our home screen into the show notes. Maybe we should. Is that really necessary? Yep, it is, <laughs> and we can. And no cleanup. We we take right now as a snapshot, and we use whatever we have, unless there's uh, some. I don't know if if you have any. If you're in, in any betas, you can't show anyone. Uh, we can blur that. Yeah, my whole home screen is full of beta. <laughs> I have to rearrange everything. I don't think any of the betas I'm on have sensitive info in the in the icon. Okay, cool. <laughs> then we just put those into the show notes. Yep, but yeah, that that was our our. Uh, list of things that were impactful this year on on our main two platforms. It's somehow weird, and to me it always feels weird because I I do upgrade my phone almost every year, but I notice that nothing, not a lot changes. Although, yeah, I really, I mean, this is not an app per se, but I really enjoy the. Uh, you you were quick with that, Zach. Already sending screenshots of your home screen. I thought it was supposed okay. to be as is. Got to send okay. it now. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, no, well, what I wanted to say is that like something that I am really noticing a difference with this phone, with the iPhone XS and uh, my previous phones, is the camera. Like this is something I am using a lot, and like related to our move, I am taking a lot more pictures, especially uh, with like different lighting conditions, because like the mountains in the background of Vancouver look really cool, and there's so uh, many palm it's, it's trees. Be- I know it is. It is. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. You would love it. Um, yeah, and like as also now when it starts to become Christmas, there are many like Christmas lights uh, up, and I also really enjoy taking like macro pictures, like really close up pictures of flowers and uh, like the nature and stuff. So uh, I have been using that a lot, and I think that iPhone tennis camera has really improved it, and it makes some really really nice footage. Mm. So app of the year is camera app. 
No, but I think that leads us into our next topic, which is like hardware that we enjoy. Like I think Ooh. the iPhone 10, the iPhone 10s is not like significantly different from the earlier phone, but I do really like the camera. Um, I am a little bit. I mean, I don't know though. I, I do think it is significantly different from a hardware perspective. It just didn't change anything we can do with our phones. Yeah, that's true. The same with battery life. It feels like it has a lot better battery life and, um, I feel like the... I don't think this is a hardware thing or software That thing. is actually a good thing to point out, I think. Battery life is amazing yeah. on those phones. I, I don't think I've ever had... Since since I had my phone, I don't think I've ever had any battery issues. Like, not once did I have less than 20% in the end of the day. That's true. No, I, I feel like I have so much better battery now, especially considering, again, that we've been traveling a lot lately and we'll be using maps and navigation a lot like it never drains out of battery even if we're out for like a day trip and we use a lot of um navigation or uh use a lot of like use the camera a lot and take a lot of pictures like and i'm never i never really feel like i have to bring a portable battery with me so i think that's really good um and yeah it's it's, it's a nice phone the only thing i guess like I am, people have been talking so much about the prices of the phones, and I don't really want to get into it. But I felt like it was okay to charge a lot for the iPhone 10 last year when it came out. But I think I was sort of expecting the price to go down a bit. Um, but at the same time, like you say, Kai, it is a big improvement. So it's still worth for me. It was worth the money. I, I'm not complaining about that. I also really love the watch because I had an uh, I had a series. Wait, what is it now? Series 4 now. I had a Series 2 before. And it was just so slow. Like, especially sitting next to Kai comparing it. It was like, mine took like seconds. Or like, like sometimes like for, for tracking workout, it took like half a minute to actually start a workout. Whilst he was just done directly. So I really loved the response time and how quick it is. And um, even third-party apps are so much quicker now. Like, uh, controlling... Um, like audio for different apps and those type of things i think work really really well yeah i would second that about the watch i think the bigger screen is really nice because the casing isn't too much larger um but i think the biggest improvement and and this is true uh over the series three as well as the series two is the speed uh and i think this is the first watch Mm -hmm. where i felt like that whole idea of checking something on your watch as opposed to your phone being faster is actually true uh, with the Series 3, it was borderline a lot yeah. of the time. Uh, it was sometimes more convenient to check your watch, but it wouldn't always be faster. Uh, I think there are a lot a lot more things with this Series 4 that are just flat out faster uh, mm-hmm. than checking your phone. So, yeah, I think the watch is a, a huge step forward as well for those reasons. I'm sometimes still surprised that the Series 0 shipped. <laughs> I think that... Because that was so borderline usable that I think a lot of people got disgruntled by uh, watchOS apps, and I still, I, I think we still see um, the kind of aftermath of that today. That people don't spend as much time on watchOS apps just because they were so yeah. unusable when it was new. That's the problem, though. I'm not, I'm not having problems with the with the zero being shipped that early. I think it might have been a mistake to open it to third party developers because I felt like. I tried using the app, uh, like third-party apps, um, on my first watch, and it just felt terribly slow. So, like after using it for like a week, I probably like I was discouraged to use those apps, and I sort of stopped using any third-party apps. And it was okay to use like the first-party apps, like you can track your workout. That was really nice, but and like it, it worked for timers, and it worked. You could tell the time. That was 
uh, yeah, huge improvement from, from, from not wearing a watch. But like, you can get that from any watch. But I think they shouldn't have. I think, like you say, Kai, many people, many developers were, were disgruntled from an early stage because it felt like it was so limited. And I think many people sort of jumped on it and wanted to try it out. But I think many people who would enjoy making watch apps now might not enjoy it or might not try it out because they were burned so early on. And I think even people like I, I felt like with Series 2, I was also not using that many different apps because I knew that they were historically slow. I couldn't use many third-party apps, but now I actually start to see like, oh, this is beneficial, this isn't that slow. And it took me some time as a user to start using those apps again. Yeah. And now we're at a point where it took me until now to actually, if I want to navigate home with public transport to go to the city mapper app on my watch rather than storing it on my phone and then just expecting it to get the notifications on my watch so that i think that changed with the series 4 for me yeah and that's the thing like it is really good now i just think looking back at it it felt like this is a product that has had so many improvements but i think many people don't know it because if you try the first watch you might think it's still slow like it i feel like the latest phones haven't had this incremental changes to the speed of launching apps or to like the everyday use but i think the watch has definitely improved so much throughout all the different versions and i'm very happy where it is now um another thing i really like is the automatic detection of your workout like it feels like it's just getting so much smarter at picking up what you're doing and i think that's really good yeah i have a i have a one issue with that um you know how when you start walking after some time it says hey are you walking it seems like you're walking um do you want to start tracking that workout? When you say yes, it kind of figures out when you actually started walking and uh, st- uh, considers that the starting point. However, if you start walking and you realize yourself that you're walking and you want to log it and you start a workout then, that's the time. It, then the starting point at, yeah. of your workout is when you select it. Yep. So I'm often in a point where I'm like, oh, damn it, I forgot to start it four minutes ago. But now if I start it, I lose the last four minutes. So should I rely on it potentially picking up that I'm walking in about a minute or two? Or should I start it and lose the first three minutes? Yeah, yep. I had that happen yesterday as well. <laughs> I ended up waiting for it to pick up that I was walking. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I would say I probably have like a 90% rate of it or maybe even higher that it does uh, pick it up after some time. Yeah, but then you might like stop in another minute or so and look at something and then yeah. that sort of skews it. So you feel a bit stressed. You're like, I got to keep on walking until it detects mm. my workout. So I my feature request is to have some kind of thing when you start a workout saying, do you want to add the last four minutes when we think you were walking or not? I'll point out it is a lot faster for running. Uh, it seems to be about between 30 and 60 seconds to prompt you there. Okay. Um, which yeah, is that's not bad. It's a lot nicer. Um, but I guess it's harder to to distinguish between a, a short walk downstairs to the coffee shop at work and a, an actual walking for exercise yeah. type thing. So you can need a few more minutes of data to be sure there. I did notice this with the, what is it called? Ellip, elliptic? Ellip, Elliptic? Elliptical. Elliptic workout? Elliptical workout? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I walk really fast, it detects it very early, but it detects it as an elliptic. Ellip- oh, okay. Elliptic. Yeah. So it detects that type of workout. And it's it's a bit funny because it just says how, how fast I was walking. <laughs> this happens sometimes when I'm when I'm walking to work. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I was cold or if I was in a hurry, but for some reason I was, it thought that I was uh, walking so fast so that it should be like a more intense workout than a walk. <laughs> cool. Otherwise, um, 
I don't know. I don't really have a lot of hardware things to talk about. Uh, the iMac I'm having is not really a new hardware product. It's been around for a while, but I still really like iMacs. I've seen a lot of people now saying uh, going with like a uh, Mac Mini and then adding an eGPU and then adding some kind of third-party um, 5K screen and kind of Frankenstein their workstation together. Um, I'm just not a fan of not having Apple screens. I think of all the things that Apple does, screens is definitely something they are incredibly good at. I mean, in general, Apple has really high standards for, for their hardware, but I feel like screen is something that is that I just can't get as nice of a quality anywhere else. So I'm just not really up for for getting a computer that where I have to kind of... I, I do like the idea of modular, but I don't want to compromise on screen and therefore this is not really an option until apple releases their new um i guess mac pro screen maybe next year so as as of now i still really like um imacs and the the kind of form factor of having everything in one box that just works really nicely uh i have two hardware if you're finished i have two hardware uh things to mention okay is this going to be non-apple hardware yeah they're non-apple hardware that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that, and I was going to ask you, Kai, if there's no non non Apple, like your new mouse or your Sonos speakers or your TV, like anything, like the Switch, for example. This is a really good one, but we can talk about that when Zach is. Oh, I have three now. Okay. <laughs> um. So the first, this is borderline for this year, uh, as in, uh, I've been using it since. December 5th last year, I think. But, you know, we've got some 30-day leeway here, so it's okay. Um, okay. So, that's official ruling, 30-day leeway. 30-day leeway uh, okay. when, we, when we talk about <laughs> years. Um, so, the Dexcom uh, continuous glucose monitor um, or sensor, mm-hmm. the, the hardware for that, uh, sort of pretty, pretty transformative in diabetes management, not having to, uh, like, pierce your finger a few times a day and, and draw blood. Um so that's been really Wait, good. You only started computer. using this in like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, December. Oh, I think it was December. I was the impression that you. I thought you'd been using this for, like maybe three, five, three years or something. Oh, I wish the um oh. the subsidy started last year for, um, young people. Okay. So, but the product has been around for a while, but it hasn't been. Yeah, uh, Dexcom has been around for, for quite a few years. This uh, the product that I'm using, the G5, like the model of the product, has probably been around for maybe a year or two before i started using it um but this year the g6 came out that's not yet uh that's not yet on sale in australia um but when it is uh, i imagine that's what what i'll start using that was a new product this year though um i think it launched like middle of the year or something in the u.s mm-hmm. um they're slowly expanding but but not yet in australia didn't it launch around dubdub quite possibly yeah yeah around- i remember us talking about the- <laughs> probably yeah um I am excited to try that out. It's supposed to, the sensor is supposed to last longer, so you need to replace it less. Uh, it's supposed to be more accurate and it requires less calibration. Um, I, I don't really want to say that that's one of my picks because I've never used it, but um, but it's supposed to be quite good. So um, I'll, I'll stick with the, the G5, which is the one that I'm using, but maybe next year I can uh, throw the G6 into the, into the list. Um, nice. So the second one, which I've totally blanked on now. Oh, the microphone that we're using for this podcast. Um, oh. so the That's Audio really nice Technica pick. 2100 USB, uh, I've been quite impressed. I remember when in the early days of discussing 
this podcast, I was a bit worried about, uh, you know, getting some ba- uh, background noise and some echoes and things like that in the recording. Uh, fortunately, this microphone has proven to do a good job of only picking up my voice and not much of what's going on in the house around me. So, that's quite nice. Um, it's funny, just as you said that, there was background noise. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a car uh, or something, right? No, it sounded like a cutlery falling on the plate. I think someone plate. put a fork down oh, or I don't something. do that. Yeah. I don't know. No. Probably still good timing. Breakfast. Yeah, good great comedic timing. timing your family has in the background. <laughs> it's all for the show. Everyone's involved. Um, <laughs> the third... Em- like, I, I guess the Dexcom has to be my favorite, but from a... Oh, no... I have a fourth. <laughs> oh, oh, no, Zach, damn. what happened? Okay, so th- this this ties in before, the Apple Pencil. Um, really impressive piece of technology. Uh, I know that's been out for longer than this year, but I only started using it again this year. I only bought one this year. Uh, that's amazing for note-taking. I t- spoke about that before, so I don't need to, to say any more. Uh, and it's actually the one from last year too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the previous version. The year before, but yeah, that's all right. Still uh, fine. It is the old Still one. Fine. It's not yeah, this year's model. It's 65 day leeway now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started using it like nine months yeah. ago or so, yeah, so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count that. That counts. Um, but the one I, I did want to mention, uh, the Bose QC35 headphones um mm. i don't know if the the second the second gen or whatever it is that i have came out this year or if it was last year but i've again i bought them this year so um i'm gonna i'm gonna count that as part of this year um mm-hmm. they have You're really com- stretching the rules now <laughs> they have completely Not transformed really. um well they're great for this podcast but they've completely transformed uh traveling on the bus because uh, every time I don't have them, I think, oh, I really wish I had these headphones on right now. Um, the noise cancelling part is amazing. Uh, I no longer need to crank up the volume or whatever I'm listening to to dangerously high levels to be able to hear it. Um, and I'm just all around really impressed with how comfortable they are and uh, the noise cancelling and even the the quality of the audio. Um, I mean, for podcasts, it doesn't matter, but for music, you do notice that it is, uh, it is quite impressive. Uh, I might have tried on those new Sony whatever model weird number they are uh recently and thought they're slightly better than the bose but maybe that's a story for another day uh i've been really impressed with the bose uh uh, for as long as i've been using them this year so yeah i'm very glad that i bought those i hesitated a bit but um they're also they were also fantastic uh when traveling on a plane to wwdc in the middle of the year um really helped being able to sleep uh so yeah just i'm all around very impressed with with uh, these Bose headphones. That was the only pick we had where you mentioned that you actually like a different product even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed with the Sonys. Yeah. But, but I think we're in a good right. time for headphones. I think... Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, I think they're called 1000XM3 or something. It's something like that. How yeah. do people remember those names? Yeah. yeah. Gosh. But I can't even say like a bit... Barely remember people's names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those those two, the Bose QC thirty five series two or three, where are we there? Two at the moment, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and maybe, the, maybe the there's Sony. a three out, but I have two. The two, yeah, yeah. and the the Sony stereo Bose, really good commuter headphones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good good time for commuter or noise cancelling headphones, I guess. And maybe uh, I don't know if we still have time to talk about next year. Worst case, we have to do next week. But, I mean, there have been rumors for Apple entering mm. the over-ear noise-canceling headphone market sometime. Yeah, and let's be real, point. we'd all buy a pair. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. I mean, even Microsoft... Uh, what, why do I say even? But Microsoft also released a um, 
over your noise canceling headphones and headphone. What and, do you say even? Yeah, I don't know. But um, they they seem to be really good too. Like I've heard a lot of people. I mean, not a lot of people seem to buy them. At least not a lot of people I know. But the people that do have them, they are very impressed by them too. So um, yeah, more 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 than two in that category would be nice. Definitely. And I mean, if if it has like the um, what's the chip in in those uh, W W one? Isn't are we at two already? Are we? I don't know. The AirPods have W one, don't they? And the, the yeah, Beats. wouldn't that be the same as the AirPods? Or does the Beats have higher have a newer version? No, it might be. Might just be W one. It's probably a topic for another day. But I am almost more impressed with the the Bose Bluetooth. The way that the Bose handles Bluetooth, uh, considering it can have two simultaneous connections, than how the AirPods handle Bluetooth. Um, I don't know. What do you mean by two simultaneous connections, like between your Mac and your iPhone? Yeah. So the the Bose okay. headphones can be connected to any two devices at once, and it works like seamlessly if you start playing on your mac or if you start playing on your phone it just it doesn't uh even it doesn't really care the last uh, playing device it will just sort of take the audio that it's being given whereas the airpods um can only be connected to one at a time and while it's fairly easy to unpair and repair you just sort of select it on the next device you still have to go through that manual step if you're going between audio that's being played from your phone and your mac Mm -hmm. whereas with the bose if you're wearing them you can just play audio on your mac and then uh, switch to your iPhone 30 seconds later and you don't have to, you don't have to do a thing. Um, so I find that most useful when I'm editing the podcast on the bus. Um, often as I, as I stop the edit, you know, as we pull into the city or whatever, I'll put my laptop away, take my phone out of my bag and start playing a podcast or music or something. And I don't have to do anything. There's no manual steps involved. Whereas with the AirPods, I would have to open either the Bluetooth menu mm. or control center and select the AirPods on my phone before they would disconnect from the Mac and start playing on the phone. Not that that's a huge amount of work, but I just I think I'm a fan of the way the the Bose headphones handle it instead. Hmm. Interesting. But the AirPods definitely have better range. So whatever they're doing with you know custom weird Bluetooth connections, um, I yeah. think the the AirPods for around the house are definitely better uh, when it comes to range. Hmm. What I what I like also, I mean, it's not really something you would need in a over the ears headphone type, but I often start using only like the left AirPod for a while and then put the right one in, and it kind of just it kind of just works. That when you have one in, you only have like the mono one one earpiece, then you add the second one, and then switches to stereo over two, then you pick one out and pauses the music and those kind of things. I think that's pretty nice too. Yeah, I, I started using that too a lot, like have one headphone at a time. But what I think is really, what I noticed is, is really frustrating is that like I usually have the left one for playing, like play and pause, and then the right one for skipping forward, like mm-hmm. skipping a track forward. And if you only use the right one and you tap it without anything being played, it's going to start whatever you want to play. So it's going to resume. But then once you have tapped it, then it's going over to its primary action to be skipped forward. Oh, really? And this is really frustrating because like that type of behavior changes up and it would be great if you could have like a primary action for both of them. That's only, that's going to be the action that happens if you only wear one. And then if you end up wearing two, it picks up the secondary action. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit tricky. Gotta use the one, only the one that you want. I know, but then I run out of battery on that one. And I guess I can remap them, but at the same time, I don't want to remap it next time when I use two. <sighs> problems, yeah. problems. 
Yeah. yeah, our very expensive headphones don't work exactly the way we want. It's a tough I know, life. I know, mm. yeah. But another thing I noticed, you, you're editing the podcast with Bluetooth headphones? Sometimes I have to, yes. <sighs> there there is to? a bit of... I, 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 I can work around the lag now because I'm very much used to it. Um, actually, that's another interesting <laughs> point. The There is less lag when editing with AirPods, like less Bluetooth lag than when editing with AirPods over Bluetooth than editing with... Uh, the Bose. So there's something awesome going on with the W1 there where they've reduced mm. the latency. Um, but when I'm at home, I will use, I will plug in the headphones. But on the bus, it's not really practical to have a cable if you can avoid it, mm. something else sticking out of your Mac that someone's going to bump into. And mm. yeah. Well, gives me more to do for my second pass. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I was thinking, considering that this is our Christmas spectacular episode, we should put some, like, just a side note, we should put some, like, bells in in, in this section or something. I agree. Be cool. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, um, something that I thought was interesting, this is not really related to tech, but maybe it will end up being related to tech somehow. We never know where those things go. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about, uh, like, you're in Australia, Zach, you just mentioned that it's starting like you've been talking uh through the last few episodes that your aircon is broken and it's really hard <laughs> to record right now and yeah. i thought that's i thought that's a bit interesting because like for us and for most of the world um it's really cold right now and we don't really understand why you need an aircon and i thought it was interesting it i always thought australia is a bit difficult to is it really most of the world i feel like the world is pretty evenly split in north Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere. But most yeah, of the population is in the... That, that's yeah. where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. Thank more, you. Most <laughs> so most of the population are in the, so- uh, in the Northern Hemisphere of the world. And for us, it feels a bit weird that you are celebrating Christmas and um, it's completely hot. Like, it's very hot outside and you could actually go to the beach during Christmas. I think this is something many people in cold countries actually dream about. Like, oh, imagine that you would have a bright Christmas where it's like just light all day and it's really warm and you have sun all the time. And this is something many people talk about. But I felt like when I was in Australia during Christmas, it felt very different from what it feels like here. And you were almost getting a bit blind towards like when, when Christmas actually started arriving like i tend to often forget that christmas was coming up because it was just feeling so thrown off but for you it must be different because you've been there for your whole life so i feel like like how do you feel about like celebrating christmas in a warm country i don't know like i don't know where this is going but like i thought it was interesting to talk about like different cultures different hemisphere and how christmas maybe is we can maybe we can just talk about or start with zach explaining do you have like a typical christmas uh tradition or or kind of family thing you're doing like how do you celebrate christmas yeah so i guess there's the whole christmas season thing um but then there's also like the christmas day thing um Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because christmas is generally the start of summer holidays for most people a lot of people well most people would have at least a week off if not two weeks um but then it's not uncommon because it's summer for people to take uh, extended leave so they might take even three or four weeks off over the the christmas break it's sometimes like you can if you go back to work in january it's very dead usually like oh, yeah. until february or end of february mm-hmm. uh, it's still going to be very quiet right? definitely 
definitely. And that's the sort of the time of year. I mean, I know it's not uncommon for Americans to talk about their summer holidays and things like that. Well, this is our summer holidays, but it just happens to overlap with Christmas and New Year celebrations. It's actually pretty practical because you do have all of the public holidays and yeah. then so you get extra extra time to, to take off. You don't have to... I guess if you get vacation days, you don't have to use all of them. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if you if you are a um, salaried employee, um, you only tend to need to take like two <laughs> or three days of, of leave um, and you can get a whole week and a half off or something between Christmas and New Year. Um, but yeah, so the Christmas, I guess, season tends to begin like... Sometimes early December, mid-December, you know, because everyone's in the whole, like, winding down work for the year. It's a really busy time of year. Everyone's winding down work. But also, everyone wants to catch up with everyone else because, for some reason, that's the thing you need to do. You need to see all the people you haven't seen in a year. And it needs to be before Christmas because people go away after Christmas. So, I tend to think that the Christmas season starts around then. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just it's filled that's with That's interesting because I feel like here, Christmas season starts... Later than that, it's like okay. maybe the twenty third or something, ah, like the weekend okay. before, because people don't yeah. leave after. Whilst in Australia, it's like if you don't meet them before Christmas, they will be on vacation for yeah, two weeks. That's right. It's often very difficult to to get a hold of somebody between Christmas and New Year, especially because if you've only got a week off or two weeks off and you're going to go somewhere, you're you're going to have to go in that time. So you don't go out playing crickets. This is not a thing. Well, we do. No, we because have. Because I heard many Australians playing cricket. Playing cricket on, yeah, on yeah, Christmas. absolutely. That that's that like a, a later thing? afternoon thing. Because often it's very warm on Christmas Day. Um, so, but do you go, do you go swimming too? Then, like, yes. do you go to the beach? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's what I, I guess that's getting. what I was hoping for. Like that's yeah, what yeah. I wanted to hear. Yeah. So it's okay. It's always at someone's. Actually, not. I won't. I won't say always for. Again, for probably about like eight or ten years, it has been at a family member's house with a pool. Um, if that's intentional, so that we can swim if the weather's really nice. Um, so then, yeah, after the after the game of Monopoly, you know, after hearts are broken because you know didn't own Mayfair Lane or whatever that one is, um, then yeah, we'll go outside and and play some cricket or jump in the pool, um, those kind of things, um, and then just tend to stick around until until it gets dark, eat some dinner, and then that's Christmas Day. Like, it's very similar each year, but I think everyone really looks forward to it. Um, and, but there's and no, like, stuff. countrywide tradition. It's not like you all eat turkey. It's No. It's not, no. not like that. Beaches are really popular on Christmas Day, but also on Boxing Day. Um, okay. So the day after. I don't know if it's called Boxing Day elsewhere. Um, yeah, so that, like, the beach is definitely a thing that people like to do on Boxing Day. Um but also on Boxing Day, there's cricket to watch if you're outside of Melbourne. There's cricket to attend if you're in Melbourne, um, playing at the Melbourne Cricket Grounds. So that's another big sort of Australian, I guess, thing. Like people will get together on Boxing Day and watch the cricket. Um, you might even play some backyard cricket while you've got the TV on or something like that. Um, or you, you go to the beach and those kind of things. Or if you're going on, on holidays or if you're going up the coast or down the coast uh, in Sydney, you will tend to drive out on Boxing Day. So, the roads are chaotic. But, mm. yeah, I mean, there's no, like, one thing that everyone does, but that's sort of what my family does traditionally. Um, mm. Interesting. When we lived in Perth, uh, it was super common for people to uh, play beach cricket on Christmas Day. Okay, yeah. So, people would just go to the beach, play. Yeah, this was like people... It's not like those people always played cricket. Otherwise, they no, were really into cricket. It's like people who usually don't play cricket, they felt like they had to play cricket on Christmas. It's, <laughs> it was like a why, Christmas tradition yeah, to like play tradition. beach cricket and then go swimming in the, uh, I guess, Pacific Ocean. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, the Indian Ocean. 
Indian Ocean. Yes, that's the one. I approve of the cricket playing lifestyle. <laughs> I always thought that was really weird because, like, I I get the beach part, but the playing cricket, like, <laughs> especially when the people usually don't play cricket, I thought that was a little bit strange. I think I think it is a time of year. Even if you're not into cricket, you do kind of pay a bit more attention to cricket because you're probably either going to be stuck in a backyard or a beach where you have to play, or you're probably going to watch some of the match on Boxing Day because yeah. it's just kind yeah. of a big deal. Oh, and the other thing that is sort of traditional, they have a Sydney to Hobart yacht race. So Hobart is another city in Australia, which is the southmost city. It's on a separate island. Um, so there's a yacht race that kicks off on um, on Boxing Day as well. So if yacht racing is your thing, uh, you'll be, I guess, spectating some of the yacht race. I don't know how that works really, but yeah. How do you spectate that? Like only on, only on TV though, right? Uh, I think there are certain points you can go and stand and like either watch them all sail out or watch them as they're passing a certain point. Uh, so sort of all the way along the coast, I think you can, there are certain points where you can watch as the yachts go past. And considering that it's Australia, it's probably barbecue related too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those those viewing spots would have barbecues. <laughs> I would hope so. Like, uh, um, that makes sense, right? Mm. Otherwise, That's what we kind of did in Australia for, for Christmas usually is barbecues, especially when we lived in Perth and we had like a, there we had like a house and, and a backyard with a barbecue. So a barbecue was kind of always our holiday uh, activities. And it's like... Um, because we we shared a house with another couple and they were Australian, so they they always made a used every opportunity they had to add more barbecue into everyone's life. <laughs> so Christmas was was usually a good time time for that. So, so then we potato bake, yeah. potato bake was really good. Yeah, so we usually started barbecuing quite early, and it was basically all day barbecue. Nice, as as kind of as as you would expect from australia yeah. from at least as a non-australian <laughs> yeah that, that's what i would expect like i would expect people to make their own thing when it is so warm to like use the outside like be outdoors and go to the beach but i did also notice that there were a lot of people who were like the traditional view of christmas was still a white snowy christmas and this is yeah, something- all the decoration yeah. is like snow and, and yeah and- yeah yeah like people put like fake snowmans on their roofs or in their windows and like up front like the decoration is like snowy or like sometimes they even put like i don't know like some store sell like some fake snow and those type of things and i thought that was really weird because i felt like people have been occupying this country for so long i feel like they should start like get their own sort of idea of what christmas looks like i think people celebrate it very australian but the idea and the view on christmas is still this like british white christmas or european white christmas but i felt like why don't they use a palm tree instead of a christmas tree like that's a perfectly <laughs> missed opportunity that i would love to see uh, but it's like when you walk through like the suburbs in in australia around christmas it always looks like people are incredibly at least for europeans it looks like people forgot to put their christmas decoration away for half a year because yeah. it's like it's super hot it's like almost 40 degrees and there's this this um uh i don't know snowman yeah on the roof exactly. and the santa climbing into the chimney and you're like yeah. what, what is going on yeah. here this is absurd but that's and santa's feel- obviously closed yeah. in like this huge uh, red 
what is it like a code type yeah, thing like and, santa claus and and a hat and it's like it just looks like super it looks absurd really absurd yeah that's why it feels like they just forgot to bring it down and there was a cold season half a year ago and now it's just too warm for this poor santa <laughs> yeah, climbing and, down and it's and like I, almost a plastic the plastic snowman is almost melting in yeah, the blistering heat like that's why i don't know like i i would think they should have like their own idea like i know this is really cliche and i'm sorry but maybe like decorate palm trees like have like a santa with like less clothes like <laughs> not, not in a, not in a weird, weird way <laughs> but like make him a bit more casual like have like a hawaiian sort of shirt and make it a bit more comfortable yeah how how do we get australian christmas more australian with an hawaiian shirt <laughs> well, no, i guess like, the thing uh, is like yeah, you know whether I mean. you know australians grow up watching christmas american christmas movies and seeing that ideal of of a white christmas and snow and um all that kind of stuff and that's obviously not a realistic expectation to have for christmas in australia but that is still the nope. i guess stereotypical view mm. of christmas to to have yeah, the snow and the santa I- and all of that um so yeah, it is interesting it fe- it but i guess weird. that is what yeah. we're exposed to despite yeah, it not it's being also there. interesting because a lot of Australians have more experience with fake snow than real snow. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. never seen snow or like yeah. touch yeah. snow. <laughs> yeah, when, when we came to Australia, we spoke to Australians and they were like, the only snow I've seen is the one in the freezer. I'm like, you know, that, you know that's not snow, right? That's not what snow looks like. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. Like, you, you should really take a trip to, to a mountain. But a lot of Australians... Like we had that multiple times that people refer to the ice buildup in their freezer to snow. Like this is nothing like snow. And that's fine. Like I understand if you think, I mean, it makes sense. If you think of snow being frozen water, what's in the freezer should sort of be snow. And but it it's, looks it's similar. Really it just yeah, it doesn't feel the same. You because, can make snowballs yeah, out of it. It's just a different so texture. Different. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's it's very different because in Europe, I mean, first of all, you celebrate like the the Christmas present part, which was obviously the most interesting one to me as a child, um, is on the twenty fourth. So you're giving your the presents to each other on on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas Day, and I think that alone already changes a lot of the dynamics. So uh, usually, I mean, it's one of the cruel, most cruel inventions for children you could you could come up with because you get up in the morning early because you're excited at Christmas, right? Yeah, like you can't sleep, right? Yeah, you can't sleep the night before, so you get up really early. And sometimes some families then already have the Christmas tree there, all the presents are already under the tree, but you're not allowed to touch anything until... Wait, the presents are there in the morning? Depending on the family. Okay. So some families already have the uh, presents there in the morning, others uh, put it there kind of in the evening. But it's like, if you wake up in the morning, because you're so excited it's Christmas, you run down or you run to the Christmas tree, you see the presents and you can't touch them. It's super cruel. And then, then your entire family is just occupied with telling you, nope, it's still too early. Nope, it's still too early because apparently it needs to be uh, at least the sun has to be set. No, people just want to settle down and eat before like the kids go crazy running and around. Another infuriating thing, right? I mean, uh, I seem to be very passionate, more passionate about this than I thought. Um, then your family forces you to eat Christmas dinner, and in your at least in Germany, Christmas dinner is not great food. It's not. It's not my favorite tradition food because it's like in Germany, it's very traditional German food, like sauerkraut that, yeah. and sausages and that? potato. Do they? Because they wouldn't usually eat that. Right? Yeah, it's like traditional Christmas food, yeah. and it's at least when I was younger, it was definitely 
one of my lowest favorite. Like, if I have a list of favorite traditional foods, Christmas was very much in the bottom always. Um, over the years, I lobbied a lot to make some adjustments to make this a bit more uh, pleasant. But initially, well, it wasn't good. And then you sit there having to, to eat this less than delicious food i mean i'm not complaining i wasn't hungry uh, it's a good good problem to have but it was definitely not my favorite food and you're next to the presence and you're still not allowed to to touch it yeah. until your priority at that point as a kid is to o- open the present right exactly you have and your you're birthday there. and you have christmas and they're like the two highlights of your year and you don't get exactly. anything in between <laughs> and you wait for it like all you wait for it all year right yep. and yep. then it's finally happening and then you have to sit there eat your stupid sauerkraut yep. and then even worse because i i will just blow through this stuff because oh. i don't like it but, but i can it's it's unpolite if you leave the table right you have to wait yeah <laughs> at least in germany like sitting at a table together and eating together is a big thing so i just blow through my my sauerkraut and somehow get the stuff down and then you have to wait for the slowest family member to finally finish their play before you can start unwrapping things. So that that was just cruel. And then as a kicker, because this wasn't cruel enough for kids already, y- because you waited until night, it's like you unpack your stuff, you're super excited about your presents, and then it's bedtime. Who makes up this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh but it just this entire concept very cruel. So I, I over the years I obviously try to to figure out better ways. So you try to keep yourself super busy during the day so you're less exposed to this present type thing. I don't know if this is a solution that uh, that maybe come out of this experience that kids have. But in Sweden, many families actually have they have some presents under a tree in the morning, like. Maybe two for each kid. Oh, really? Yeah. And like maybe a board game or something that's for the whole family. So there's like something for them to do. So You know, they're, they're pretty smart, those sweets. I know, I know. So you start getting like a few presents. It's usually like some candy you can eat throughout the day, something that you can play with, like something to like a book or a, a movie. And then, uh, yeah, then a board game that you can play with your siblings or your family. And this sort of keep people occupied. And then you sort of settle and you played with those things for a while. And then you will still be able to eat. Um, and then in the evening you still actually like have Santa arrive to your place you don't keep presents under the tree you actually have Santa carrying the presents in and you actually meet Santa like this is so weird in other countries that you never see Santa oh yeah that's true you meet Santa in Sweden yeah Yeah, same in Germany man I grew up in the wrong place (laughs) (laughs) yeah Santa comes in with your presents and then sits down for like an hour or like a long time like chat with chat to you and like give presents out read a name and say who they're from and yeah then you get all your presents and you have to go up and pick them from Santa so it's yeah, very different. yeah, that's true. That, that happens. So, too. do all yeah. presents come from Santa for the kids? Then no, actually not. No, Santa's just delivering them. But okay. I think it's probably different per per family. But like in most places I've seen, it's been like Santa delivers them, but it's from like your parents. No, no, I, but, but oh. like, um, whoa, like on the present it says oh, okay, to Malin uh, from okay. Ma- okay. mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So Santa's just a UPS delivery guy <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's the official costume. <laughs> it's just it's just a delivery person. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. No, for us in Germany, it's definitely that all the presents are from Santa. Okay. So it's not really that, which is I, I, that's interesting. Said, Christmas is very designed for cruelty in Germany. Wow. Okay. Because that also means your parents spend a lot of money and they can't even claim I any know, of the that's, credit. I guess that might be the thing. Like it's when you just write who it's from, so the people, <laughs> the kids are a bit thankful in the end. Yeah, no, in, in Germany, it's definitely the, at least in my family, the idea was everything is from Santa. Mm. And that also triggered me because the, I, as a kid, thought, 
I wouldn't get presents anymore if I stop believing, or if my family thinks <laughs> I stop believing in Santa. So for years, I I kept uh, pretending that I believe in Santa because I was too afraid I would stop getting presents if if they find out that I actually do not believe in Santa anymore. That's amazing. Someone yeah. at work was saying the other day that they were surprised their eight-year-old still believes in Santa. I'm like, I think you've got another year or two where it's safe. It's all right. The, the problem is once uh, the daughter finds out that she, then she tells the other younger siblings. Yeah. That's, that's where the concern happens. A funny thing that Sweden has that I just need to mention. I know we're running out of time. But this is really weird. Every Christmas, Christmas Eve at 3 p.m., um, people watch Donald Duck. Like It's airing on TV. Donald Duck in general. It's like Donald Duck's Christmas special. That's interesting. Yeah. Is that on Christmas Day? Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, Christmas Eve. Okay. But we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So that was, I was actually going to ask that. Is there not much celebration on Christmas Day then in either Germany or Sweden? Nothing. No, oh, okay. no. You might go like to people who are like a bit more, like more distant family yeah, or okay. friends and like uh, sit and have like a coffee and stuff like that. Okay. See, so I guess that's the, the opposite here where we'd do that on Christmas Eve. And then mm, see yeah. the most, like the most family on Christmas Day. Anyway, that's interesting. That's the thing, that's good right? To know. No one would get me out of out of that uh, place the day after because you, you get your <laughs> you presents your right <laughs> just before going to bed, and then they try to get you to some random uh, family member the uh, next day. Yeah, no, that that's not going to happen. It's amazing. There, there is a line. There is a line. <laughs> <laughs> that's where so I draw the line. Maybe other families are even more cruel to their children, but in my family, we didn't go anywhere on the twenty fifth. The twenty fifth was purely enjoy the things. Finally, happy holidays. Yeah, happy, happy holidays, holidays, everyone, and everyone who's listening to us. I hope everyone's having a great time. If you're listening to escape your family, I'm sorry. <laughs> hope, hopefully, we've been able to provide some entertainment and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, enjoy the rest of the day talking about politics. <laughs> no, my family are all right. When that's not how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a thing in in I don't know. I feel like in Germany, that's not much of a thing that you talk about politics a lot. I feel like that seems to be more of an American thing. Yeah, I think the family that I see at Christmas didn't used to be the case, but I, I see them enough during the year anyway that it's not like we don't have enough in common to talk about other things. Like, I think if, you are, if you're only seeing family once a year, it can also be difficult to find stuff to talk about and then politics can come up. And because you don't see them enough, you don't care enough to want to refrain from talking about what you're passionate about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's sometimes also the one opportunity to uh, to convince your, I don't know, older, more racist uncle that racism might not be ideal. So yes. it's it's like your one chance a year you might have to try to influence some people that at least share the same name or at least some kind of bloodline where you're like, all right, I have some leeway here. So maybe <laughs> take that chance to 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 push them a bit further to the reasonable scale mm -hmm. so i think yeah. that might also be part of it yeah take that listeners now go go and do something good and teach your <laughs> teach your racist uncles to be better people <laughs> <laughs> happy holiday